Yo, yo, quarantinos, quarantinis, day nine. And as the days go further in this crisis that we're in, I notice my shoulders are starting to feel very heavy. My shoulders are feeling heavy right now. Hey, Diana. My phone is being inundated with former clients, people everywhere going through a crisis right now. And people are unraveling worse than ever. And basically it's exposing what I'm noticing when I look at myself is that this is exposing the parts of my life, my business that have holes in it. You know, I'm very, I pride myself in being very um, approachable and accessible, right? And this is like what people really like. They're like, wow, he's accessible, right? Because I really want to get in there and help other people. And my work becomes to see what part of that is to be relevant and what part of that is to really just, you know, hold myself, you know, in esteem, hold myself first while I'm serving because when I do it out of wanting your approval and wanting your relevance, what ends up happening is I start to unravel when I get into that. And so this, this entire experience for me, and I'm asking you the same question because everything that I'm sharing with you is really what's coming up is probably what's, I want you to see what's true for it in yourself because I'm going to kind of guide you through it is, you know, why do my shoulders feel so heavy? Why do I feel the need to reach out to those people and try to solve their problem with, I got a lot of stuff going on myself. Why is it that I can't create these boundaries? And why do I let people in? And I get on calls with people who are, we're like, we, we now try to create these little boundaries so that I can then talk to people because everybody's like messaging me. Can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah. How can I do that and not break down? Well, I have a business to run. So I created a uh, a little bit of a kind of a barrier. And they get to talk to Kim and Kim has a message with them, seeing if you're ready. Are you just wanting to emotionally dump and then have me solve it? Or are you actually really ready to solve the problem? Because this thing that's going around around me right now it's not about what's happening right now. It's not about your partner. It's not about your husband and the way he's treating you. This is not about, um, you know, your kid and their issue. This is about, if you kind of, if I can really look, this is about an intergenerational thing that happened before your parents, before their parents. We've been, I've been saying this for a very long time. I've been saying, that what's really going on isn't that. And so what's going on for me, why my shoulders feel so heavy, as I'm noticing is my need to be important and to, to, to abandon myself and my boundaries because if I say, no, you know what? Because this, this is what happened. Uh, I got into a, a, a conversation with somebody who was like, hi, Nima, can I talk to you? So-and-so, I'm a friend of one of your clients and she's raving about you. Can I talk? And then I'm like, okay, before you can, like, 
what's going to happen, like what's going on? And I'm like, I asked her some questions. You have to be actually ready to invest in a solution because I'm not going to, you know, I, I can't, like I'll, I will, I want to see if we can work together. You actually have to be ready. And immediately when I asked her that, she was like, oh, so it's about money. And then I was just like, okay, immediately I felt this incredible sense of guilt coming up like, oh my God, she doesn't approve of me because I had to set a boundary. How many of us struggle to set a boundary with people because we're afraid of that guilty feeling? Let me know. Holler, let me know if you can, um, if you can re resonate. How many times have you let that boundary down because you were afraid that you were going to hurt or, or because you know that that person who has an emotional contract with you to be a certain way when you stand up and set a boundary, they might not want to talk to you again. Let me know if you can resonate with that. Okay. And it's true. And what I've learned is the only way that I can move through that is to become trigger proof to the feelings, the horrible feelings of being misunderstood, of not being seen, which goes back to my little child, which goes back to intergenerational thing. So what just happened there <laughs> this morning, for example, or yesterday, and it's been going on all week that has caused me to look in and check in this morning and go, how do you feel right now, Nima? Oh my God, my sh I have this heaviness in my shoulders. Let me know if you have heaviness in your shoulders. If you're like a caretaker, somebody, you're like a person who likes to take care of other people, you have this heaviness in your shoulders, right? I want you to just kind of like sit here and feel that right now. <sighs> Leaders, you're a leader. You run chiropractic office. A lot of my peeps here are fellow chiropractors. I love you. Like my fucking heart goes out to you and dentists and everyone. Like literally everyone has their own kind of hero's journey, right? But I get you. I can resonate with you that feeling of heavy shoulders because I want you to just kind of like get connected with it in your body. We're doing ner nervous system regulation and this transmission is all done as I'm getting you present to the feelings in your body and your shoulders and I'm getting you to just follow along with me. It's kind of like emotional yoga, isn't it? It's what your yoga class does, but this goes like yoga 3D. <laughs> a three-dimensional what we're taking you through is just getting you into your body and just feeling the weight of the shoulders the weight of the world on your shoulders and the weight that by the way it's nobody put on you but you nobody put this on me I put it on me because there's a little younger part of me that felt that in order to be seen in order to be loved, that I have to become relevant and I have to fix other people. Because then when I do, then I can be important and then you will see me and then you will love me. So the second that I get triggered, I must abandon. The second that I get into this role, I feel that again coming up. It's like, oh, there's this role. It's, it's familiar. What happens is if I'm unconscious, I energetically break from that little boy, 
getting extremely enmeshed in that situation in front of me. And then lo and behold, uh, when their approval is taken away, when they turn around and say something like, oh, it's just about the money for you, isn't it? Fuck. That horrible feeling of guilt shows up. And the guilt is a, a gift. What the guilt there is, what I want you to, to, this is what trigger proofing is, is really embracing that guilt and sitting with that guilt. Sitting with that guilt of, you know what, you don't like me. You know, guilt is the first sign of separation from the ego. You must actually experience that feeling and sit with it and allow yourself to be in it. Because if I'm not comfortable with that feeling of guilt and I can't handle it, I will continue to fall into the same pattern until I can become weathered to that feeling. So when somebody reaches out, I need some help. I'm like, all right, so here's the fucking boundaries. You got to be ready to commit. You like we have 30,000 people coming at us. Not there, not there yet. We are going to only limit it to these people. We have tons of free content that I'm like fucking putting my heart and soul out every day. That's actually helping you change your life if you've been paying attention. That I can give you for free. If you want to work with me, I'm going to put some fucking boundaries. And if you don't like that, I'm okay with that too now. Hmm. You know what? It's kind of like to get there, you have to get to that moment of enough. You have to feel the burden on your shoulders. You have to experience enough pain. You have to basically go, oh, fuck. This is enough. I'm going to choose. I'm no longer going to abandon myself for the sake of that person's approval. Does this make sense? Let me know if this is resonating with you at all or landing. I would love to. If you're just jumping on right now, I'm sharing about how my shoulders feel so heavy because I'm taking it on that I don't want to let people down, that people depend on me, which is the kind of caretaker that we all, there's a part of you that is that if you're aware of it or not, or it's probably like 90% of you or maybe 100% of you. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are, are there because and this is a very real problem right now. And what's happening, the, the, the benefit of this coronavirus epidemic is that it's give, giving me a chance to look at that part of me and to go, oh, there's an unhealed part of Nima. And oh, okay, I know the exact work to do in order to repair that. I know how to self-assess. I know how to be self-aware. I know how to assess my nervous system because I'm not in ventral vagal all the time. Please understand if you've been just new to the party and you're just new to this, we're teaching you nervous system tools to bring you up the ladder from dorsal vagal, shut down, paralyzed. I can't help anyone. I'm just going to sit there hoping that mommy and daddy are going to help me. I just don't know what this, this is. If you're saying things like, we just don't know with the job situation right now, so I can't really do that, you're basically in dorsal vagal. And then you're the one messaging me saying, I need help. I need help right away. Like, please, how do I deal with these symptoms? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a workshop. And this is what it, I'm going to teach you for the people that are actually serious about learning, not just reaching out to daddy to solve his problem. No, that, that can't, I, I can't handle that. This is like a triage now. 
we're now faced with an epidemic. And the only way that I can stand and be able to be good for anyone else is if I learn how to set boundaries with me. I learn how to heal those parts of me that prevented me from being able to set boundaries, being able to speak the truth to you. And when I fall off of that, be able to have the tools to get right back into my power when I fall off. When do I fall off? Whenever I get triggered, every single time. The trigger is the moment where you dissociate from your higher self. The hormones of stress completely block me from my vision. So then who's responsible for that? Well, it's my responsibility to learn the tools of self-healing so that when I get triggered and I get knocked off, which is probably happening about a hundred times a day now, it's gone up. It's like, it's no different. It's just, it's gone up to a lot more that I'm, I'm called on to adapt to, which means either adapt to it, which is like a resistance, like a muscle, Either I adapt and I become more resistant, I get stronger and increase my capacity, or like most people in dorsal vagal shutdown, I'm unconscious of it. You don't even know. This is kind of like your awakening. This is the part of your nervous system where it's just like freeze response, and which makes complete sense. This isn't like you're, you're, something's wrong with you, but this is kind of from a biological standpoint, you get to a place where you're playing dead, where you're about to be eaten. So it just, it's just to not feel the pain of the inevitable. So you leave your body because it's too, too painful to feel your sensations. Or the next thing, which is to play dead and maybe they'll go away. That's biological. That's what's happening in your biology. And the thing is, if you don't learn the tools, you don't know to be able to self-assess. And if I can't self-assess, I can't really help myself. And if I can't help myself, I'm no good for you. And I'm getting triggered literally like 50, 60, 70 times a day with your messages of needing help because I really want to help you. And you're seeing my, you're seeing my Facebook posts and you're seeing these videos and I'm really glad that you're like, I'm so grateful that you're learning these tools and they're helping you. And I can only help now. We've gotten to the place where we can only help those to a, to a capacity where it's not draining to me. It's actually all right, you're, you're, you're not looking to daddy. You're not looking for daddy to fix it. No, no, no. You're not looking to daddy to fix it. You're like, I'm the one that's going to fix it. I'm the one. Those are the only people I can help. If you're not there, then, you know, I hope like just when this blows over, I hope you learn how to get the help you need because this is the most important investment that you can make right now. It's the most important. I wish I can do it for free. But when the, the times I look back on this past week that I have like been gutted and I check in in my body that I've been so miserable were because I let those boundaries down and I gave um, in a, in a we, we, our system slipped people slip through the cracks. They just really want to talk. So they, they actually lie. They lie to Kim and I get it. You know, we can sit here and, um, I can judge, but we all are liars. We lie. If you're judging somebody that's lying to you or, or you're noticing that you're a fucking liar and you can own it, maybe your ego doesn't want to see, it makes sense to lie when you're so much in a crisis 
that a lie is just a manipulation. It's like you're trying to get your needs met. It's like when I'm when I'm lying, it's like I am so in crisis that who I am, I don't, I'm so disconnected from, I just need to say whatever I can just to get my needs met. And so that's where people are at, right? And so they slip through the cracks. We get on a call and they're like, they're not able to do anything. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? We got to alter our system. So I created a workshop for to test, true test, five hour live event where I'm coming and giving you my best and I'm actually interacting with you you're having questions with me so that I can actually help you with your specific thing because I can't answer DMs and say, hey, what do I do about my anxiety? Okay. I'm going to show I, – I don't have control over myself. I go into a down – my intrusive thoughts, they're really uncomfortable. What can I do? Okay. Where do I begin? <sighs> Breathe. Where do I begin? How, what do you say? Just come into my group. It's all free content. And this is, this is the war of my ego. I'm sharing with you the thoughts that go on for me that being in the helping profession and having to deal with that and then having a business around it as well is a bit of a mind fuck because people, especially in the entitlement phase, victims, have this entitlement that, hey, you're a helper. You should just be helping people. You like... This is kind of like depending on your scale in the energy, energetic scale. Deeply traumatized people who are victims are constantly like deeply traumatized, looking for mo are unconsciously looking for mommy and daddy to save them. And they never will, a they can't see that, they're stuck there. And so when I'm, they don't, they don't see a human being here. They don't see a human being with feelings and all of that. So when I share, all of a sudden they say, they say, oh, but you're a helper. Like, it's about the money for you, isn't it? And it's like, oh my God, then the guilt comes in. And this has been my war. And I guarantee you, this is the war of many chiropractors. If you're a chiropractor or you're in the helping profession, let me know if you can, if you can um, resonate with this. Because this is exactly what I've been going through lately. This has been my... Because right now, more than ever, people are coming, mommy and daddy, especially if they've been following me for a while. I become energetically, that's what we do with our doctors. This is intergenerational trauma. You go to a doctor, deep down, what you're not realizing is the relationship with your doctor is like the father that you wish you did had. You know, it's like, a, it's called transference. It happens all the time or a mother figure. It's like we look towards these unconsciously, by the way, because it makes sense because our incomplete unhealed parts, we look up to doctors or mentors and we look up to them and from the, from the lens of the victim. And then what will end up happening is they become, end up becoming the perpetrator. It just, and I fucking hate that when it happens, but I've, as my career has expanded to people who've developed a relationship with me online, and then when we get on a call, I go, but you're supposed to help me. And then I'm like, well, I'm running a business. This isn't like free, like, and then the guilt. And then at some point, an ability to self-assess. self-assess and be able to go into my heart and go, what, what part of me feels the guilt? What part of me is feeling the heavy shoulders? What's up, Dave? 
what part of me is feeling the heavy shoulders and if you can relate I want you to get into your body and feel them and see how old you are for me I can see a eight-year-old who just came to Canada and wants to be important and seen well actually four-year-old just came to Canada new world and didn't speak the language wanted to connect and was put into ESL and not really understanding it so I'm going to encourage you to go there right now let me know how old you feel right now if you're actually feeling some shoulders heaviness some heaviness in your shoulders let me know how old you feel if you can just own it how do you get out of that how do you get out of the mess you get into your body you reconnect with yourself you reconnect with the part of you and you really embrace what what the suffering is can you turn your attention towards yourself and nurture yourself as though you were just seeing your own child or somebody that you care about Oof. and empathizing with what's going on wow Nima kind of like this my, my, my self-talk would look like this and yours would be different Nima there's there's a crisis going on and you're taking this on and you're in isolation and you're away from your 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 um, fiance and she's pregnant and she's going through her own emotions too and you taken on a new responsibility and you're excited about it and holy cow like you're doing great look at what you're doing like I'm proud of you look at what you're doing and you're giving people these tools for free so that they can then solve them their issues what as they're navigating this uncertain time they have some sort of a grounding like that's really great of you like I have to actually remind myself that to counterbalance all of that heaviness does that make sense I'm sharing with you my own inner dialogue does this make sense to you yes Nicholas I'll re reach out to you in a moment you and I are gonna chat <sighs> just getting in and just containing really going into touching the areas in your body right now as you're breathing the areas that feel so stressed and imagine you had this amazing chiropractor just fault feeling those areas and really seeing you and going oh there right there and you're like oh yes can you do that for yourself like oh right there when we are put in a situation where that we cannot change we are forced to change ourselves which is what Viktor Frankl said when he was in a Nazi concentration camp uh, the book man's search for meaning if you've ever read it you must read it right now at this time more than ever put your put content in your brain that's gonna expand you I highly recommend that for you so can you put your hand on the areas and just feel them right now take a moment take a deep breath in go into that area find it here's what you're gonna do you're gonna find a spot on your neck and shoulders that have been tense because of everything going on let me show you this is a magic trick that I use with my clients my patients it's pretty powerful 
Taking a deep breath in, and as you breathe out, completely let it relax. Completely letting it relax. Feeling that area fully, and as you feel that area, notice all the stories that you've been running about yourself that have, that have um, contributed to your neck muscle being like that. This is a good one. This is a very good exercise for you. Something for you to do regularly. If you want to check in, the best way to check in for yourself is to go into your body. It's really important. So as you're sitting here and I'm just noticing and I'm feeling that area in my body and I'm stretching, what you're going to do is you're going to put, I found a spot right there for me. You're going to bring your, you know, as you, what you're going to do is you're going to go the opposite way. Take a deep breath in and surrender the exhale and let just go into the pain. Go into the pain and release. Deep breath in, breathing it all out. This is really the way to get out of your head is to just get into your body. About 100 times a day, by the way. I do this like 100 times a day. Especially with, otherwise I wouldn't be able to serve people. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to even have this conversation with you. Taking a deep breath in as you breathe it out, relax every, just kind of confirming I'm safe in this moment. And as you notice that safety, you'll notice that the muscle will start to release. And now when you move, you'll be like, oh, wow, that feels different. Now my other side's jealous. I'm going to get you to bring your awareness to another spot. For me, right there, I can feel it in my upper trap. So I'm going to bring your awareness to your upper trap. You're going to take a deep breath in, go right into that muscle. As you breathe out, you relax your neck on the other side and just acknowledging that you're safe in this moment. You might feel a weird headachey, like triggering symptoms coming up into the head. That's okay. Like, oh, but that's uncomfortable. No, 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 go into it. I Trust me. This is body shadow, body shadow work. <laughs> go into the dark, baby. Breathing in, and as you breathe out, completely let it relax. The part of you that's a caretaker, the part of you that really is concerned about what everybody thinks of them. I have it too. You and I are in this ride together. I'm, I'm your guide on the side, but you're the hero in the journey. This is your hero's journey, and I'm your guide on the side, and the, the hero must understand that you're facing obstacles right now. Breathing in, and as you breathe out, you're the hero of this journey. You've gone through so much and the ordinary world that you lived in before is no longer, doesn't exist. Hi Peggy, the, or, the old world doesn't exist. Now, if you have the tools to be able to self-regulate during these times, you can actually emerge as a leader. But the leader of who? Leader of the majority of people on that planet who are stuck completely in a state of like PTSD, like deer in headlights, dissociated from themselves because they haven't done their healing work and they haven't really reattached to themselves. And now they're going to be looking to you for guidance and you're going to have some sort of an ability using your gifts to help them solve their problems. But you can't if you're dysregulated. You can't if you don't take care of yourself first. 
this is going to be one of those things. You know how, remember when I said, uh, if you've ever followed me before, I talk about intergenerational trauma. Like, think about this. You are the, the, the person who's standing here right now is not just you, just standing here in the midst of a coronavirus kind of epidemic. There was 9-11 epidemic that you've lived in as well. And then before you were born, there was the, you know, Great Depression. And maybe depending on how old you were, there was wars. There was the Cuban Missile Crisis. And the, then that one crisis, crisis, name the crisis throughout time from Nazi Germany and the European World War and everything that your parents lived in that downloaded and all of those traumas and their fears of scarcity of the Great Depression, you literally have taken on. You literally live in that energy field, not just energetically, but think of how scared you are right now. It's being downloaded onto the kids. And you have no choice in this. I mean, it's not, not that you don't have any choice because you have agency. I want you to know you have agency. You have some say, but if you're unconscious of what's going on, you have no agency. You are not in control. You are a victim to the circumstances that are happening around you. And you're waiting for mommy and daddy to come save you where mommy and daddy are in crisis right now. Mommy and daddy were in crisis all along. Mommy and daddy didn't have access to connecting with you and feeling you feeling seen and heard. That's your job. That's my job to do for me. Because if I don't, I'm going to forever hope that a system will come and solve the problem for me. These are the conspiracy theories. These are the theorists. These are the people who are stuck in systems who are traumatized individuals essentially waiting for mommy and daddy of the system to take care of them. Financial system, healthcare system, educational system, all of them are crumbling because they're not real. What's real? Exactly, this is the right question. What is real? What's real is that I have been a product of an intergenerational family system thing that has been going on and this crisis is only exposing that it's waking me up to this it's waking me up to the fact that oh it's not really about you know it's not really about you know what's going to the economy it's about my scarcity uh deeply my scarcity trauma that has been my, my father that was raised in that and his father was raised in that, it's just exposing and triggering my scarcity trauma that deep down I'm going to live embedded in my DNA from my ancestors that I, it, something's going to happen where I will no, not be able to eat tomorrow. That's what's happening right now. That's what's being triggered unconsciously I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it too of course I'm like ah but now the difference is when you can pay attention and you learn the tools and you dedicate yourself to the practice because it's a practice and it's an awareness and it's for the rest of my life I'm healing I'm, I'm like the path is the path is a, your healer the path of your healing journey the path of your hero's journey is returning back home a healed individual not a victim a healed individual that it that's it and so i is is 
it's still there, but now I can see it. And if I can't see it, I don't have agency, which means I don't have a say in my experience. Because I know that it's here, I'm able to have a conversation with my partner, Diana, who is going through her own challenges because all of her friends, what about the baby? What about this? Guess the wedding's not going to happen. And all of her fears are coming up and I know that my baby's in there and I know that everything that, that she's experiencing, the baby's experiencing. So what does that, what, what, what's my job? My job, if I'm conscious, is to just basically go, all right, how can I get her back into her heart? How can I get her back into gratitude? How can I have her back into ventral vagal? Because when you learn these tools, you're able to actually, you can call it manipulation if it's done unconsciously, but I'm consciously manipulating her into feeling love, into feeling gratitude, into feeling, you know, like, really optimistic about what we got going on and, and really like, dude, we have each other. Like how cool is this that during a crisis, the truth, everything bullshit withers away and the real, what's real shows up, which is our relationships. That's all that matters. Everything that's bullshit is starting to wither away. Vegas, Las Vegas, it's done. You know, stripper, who's going, to, who's going to see strippers? Who's distracting themselves with strippers and, and prostitutes and all of these things that we do to distract ourselves? Or what else? Sports. Ugh, how else am I going to distract myself? Monday night football, Sunday football, hockey, every fucking night. I'm following the Canucks. Go Canucks. That's just another distraction. I'm not dogging on sporting people, but what's happening is, look, the universe, it's like, here's what's happened. I'm just waking you up. The universe is going, go to your room, <laughs> number one. And you're like, oh, okay. Because I'm trying to get you awakened to that, that this is all old wounding showing up for you. And if you just make it a priority to heal that, you're going to get through not only, not only just fine, you're going to get through actually better because of this. That's what's going to determine how you go, huh, the future is so uncertain. Yeah, I know. Those are the victims sitting back waiting. Oh, it's so uncertain about the jobs. And they're like, we see those. I see them even in my profession. And then I see the other people going, this is the opportunity for me to go all in and invest in myself so that I can actually heal so that I'm not a victim to a system. And I'm literally just kind of like, I don't have any agency of my life. I have no control. Shoot me if I'm in that situation. I'm, I'd rather just be like, yeah, this sucks around me. The world is falling apart. The sky is falling. And I can hold, I'm, I'm, I'm steady and stable because I know how I've healed. I've done my healing work. Not just talk therapy because 20%, if you say I've gone to a therapist for 20 years, yeah, you're talking from the 20%. What about the 80% that's in your body that's coming up and showing you what's going on during your triggers? That is what you're here to address. And I just, I'm so delighted at those of you who are like, finally like, yeah, you've put your hand up and you're like, I see it. I know it was a shitty abusive situation that I was in, but I'm willing to take on the responsibility instead of playing the victim to that whole thing of my parents and all that. 
and going, look, I'm going to try to find empathy in the whole thing, even in him, even in how his behavior was, instead of playing the victim to my father, this anger that you feel is learning how to have empathy for the father who basically did not know how to get in touch with his feelings and have you feel seen and heard because his father didn't either and break that cycle. You're doing this not just for you. This is for your parents. This is for your grandparents. And then, of course, obvious future generation. I'm about to be a dad. Like, what do I want to leave behind? If we just take one generation to go, okay, I'm going to do my inner healing work rather than sit there and go, mommy, daddy of the system, doctors, legal system, government, bail me out, which is what most people are doing. They go, no, 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 no. Put that aside. This whole system thing is a fucking illusion. I'm going to create my own system, sharing my own unique gifts, and there's no system that's going to stop me because this is the truth. But it can't happen for you if you are dysregulated, if you wake up in a panic and you have no idea of the specific things and the steps that you can take in order to get yourself from that place of lack of resource to back into your heart ready to serve. As you can tell, before I started, I was pretty fucking uh, triggered before this um, transmission. I'm like 11 a.m. I'm like, oh gosh. But I, I really was committed to actually alchemizing and integrating that. And the way that I did, and I'm encouraging you to do that right now, is to just get into your body. Right now, your mind is going crazy with intrusive thoughts that are trying to explain these symptoms that are coming up in the body that are from generations ago. <laughs> and because they're so uncomfortable and we have so lost touch with that, our excuse me, our mind starts creating a story. Our mind creates all these stories of doom and gloom and we're in sympathetic and rage and it colors our perception. Based on those stories, now we have these goggles and we see the world this way. And so the only way is inside. So every transmission, I'm inviting you to go inside and tell me what, what you're feeling right now. Can you put your hand on it and put down? Can you say, I feel scared? Can you honor the fact that I feel scared and, okay, can you also honor the fact that I feel like the, there's a weight of the world on my shoulders? That was what I was feeling this morning. I'm like, fuck, my phone's blowing up. I want to be able to help them all. You got to be able to set boundaries. <laughs> I'm feeling it. It was like, what's this about? Uh, your inability to set boundaries because you're afraid that people are going to think lo less of you. Let's, let's explore that. <laughs> the ability to take a trigger and self-assess. That's so valuable to you. Because if you don't, you're going to lose it. And then the kids will not, will not feel safe. And then they'll not feel safe to be seen around you. They won't feel seen and heard. And it's just your trauma is just passed down. 
and I want to, I want to kind of, I want to specifically distinguish what is a trauma. A trauma isn't about the event. Okay, please write this down if you can really get this. A trauma isn't about the event. It's not about what's happening. The trauma represents an overstimulation that's beyond the capacity of the nervous system. That's why two people can go into a fire, two medics will experience the exact same event, and one of them has PTSD, the other one comes to work the next day, chomping on an apple and eating a banana and saying, guys, I got a story for you. The difference between the two is the capacity in their nervous system. There was an overstimulation, and what, de what determines your capacity? This is, the, this is the best part, and this is the good news. What determines your capacity is your ability to regulate your nervous system based on the healing work you've done of your, you, between you and your younger self. And once you realize what this work is, you realize it's an ongoing thing for the rest of your life. And it's a good thing as well because every trigger then becomes a portal to go in and, and nurture yourself deeper and to give your younger self what you've always wanted but never received, what you weren't able to receive at the time. That's the work. That's how you break the cycle. And that's how you emerge out of this stronger. This cycle, that this crisis is actually going to hopefully get you stronger on the other side is what we tell our clients or it's going to unravel you which is also a good thing because it's going to bring you down to nothing and strip you of all the illusions that you've placed upon yourself and all the lies and the pretending and going all right what's really important and then you look around and you go my relationships like I gotta tell you 18 months ago before I took on this deep work like this, I was in a place where I looked around and I'm like, wow, my parents are in Christmas holidays. There's no connection that I have with them. My brother, they're off doing their thing and their family. I have no partner, no kids, no connection to my purpose. I've lost it. I'm so in dorsal vagal, you know, and then realizing in this crisis that I'm alone. Oh, and that's why my heart goes, that's why my heart goes out to you. Um, if you're going through this and looking around and realizing that, holy shit, everything is crumbling around me and the relationships that I had that were based on half-truths, they're gone. Are you noticing a transformation in the people around you? That's one of the one of the benefits of a crisis is that the people who are real will show up and the people who weren't will fall away. Can you see that? Can you see that transformation going on? Well, there's a way that you can override that. There's a way that you can heal that because when I was in that situation, I realized that it's time for me to do my healing work. It's time for me to reconnect with that version of me that I abandoned so that I could put on transactional fake you know projection onto the world so that I could get my needs so that I could get my needs met from a place of scarcity and it's time to stop looking outside as we still are and it's time for us to go in 
and then reconnect with that part that we abandoned a long time ago. And this journey is probably the most um, gut-wrenching, amazing, exhilarating, because on the other side of it, here's what's happened. I'm in a crisis situation and I have parents that I'm deeply connected to or concerned and come and feed me, <laughs> which I, who I love because I really believe me, it wasn't easy. I still want to play victim to them at times and they trigger the shit out of me and I'm so connected to them right now. I feel their love, right? I have a beautiful uh, bride-to-be whether we and we're actually like, how do we adapt to this? We have a wedding coming up in uh, August. Sorry, in April, eighteenth, at, at this beautiful spot in on the island. Uh, I forget the name, babe. Can you tell me what the name is, uh, uh, Marina? I'll talk about dorsal vagal. I'll I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, um, we have this thing coming up, and so it's like how are we going to do this? Well, we, we might even do a Zoom wedding. <laughs> like we're actually, because you got to have a couple witnesses and we're like, fuck, okay, let's do it on Zoom. And I'm prepared. It's like, okay, this will be weird. We'll get married. We'll do it on Zoom and then have a party later down the road. But it's like, whoa. And then I'm just like, wow, this is so fucking crazy. It's something we're always going to remember. We're going to remember this for the rest of our lives. This is one of those things. It's like, where were you during 9-11? This is going to be the same thing. And the question that I want to answer for you is, where are you going to be at this? 10 years from now, what are you, what, 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 what are you going to look back on 10 years from now? The person that was just sitting there living in the here and now, oh my gosh, I can't, like I've talked to some people, they're like, mm, you know what? I really, I really don't, you know, I, I, I liked asking me all these questions. I'm like, why don't you come to the event? It's 350 bucks, five hours. We're going hardcore into actually solving the problem you reached out for. Uh, I can't right now. Um, everything like we're just uncertain. We're just gonna hold on, hold on to things till we're certain. And it's like, okay. <sighs> That's fine. This is so, this is for those of you, for those of you that want to look 10 years from now back and go, fuck, I fucking stepped up during that time. I stepped up. I became, I stripped away everything. I finally healed myself. I wasn't waiting for mommy and daddy to rescue me. I became the hero of my journey. I wasn't looking for a hero outside. I realized that I am the hero in this journey. And I found a guide, wherever it is, there's many out there right now. There's some people out there ready to help you through this who are, and you can tell, you can tell if they're fake or if they're real. How? Just spend time in their energy field. Watch their content and see what comes up here. See whatever comes up here. I can't say I'm like 100% authentic all the time, but I'm doing my best, <laughs> doing the best that I can despite all of the triggers coming at me. And you're going to be one of those people, you know, where were you during 9-11, right? Where were you during the coronavirus pandemic? Who did you show up as? You lost this, that fell apart. Those relationships, who were you? Like, what did you become? That's my vision for you. That's why I'm consistently bringing you back on every transmission. What's your vision, by the way? 
take a moment. Engage with me right now. What's your vision? 10 years from now, what are we going to say about you? How you responded to this? Who did you become? Were you just kind of like deer in headlights waiting for it to blow over so that you can go back to a bullshit life that wasn't actually congruent with who you really were? Or did you go, oh my gosh, this is my opportunity to address the things that I've been distracting from all this time so that I can actually step out of this matrix, unplug myself from this bullshit matrix that actually wasn't really true and create my own and create my own kind of like universe, which I love. I have an amazing partner that we have each other. I have parents, I have a group of friends, I have brothers, like guys, guy friends, that know that I have their back, and I know that I know that they have mine. I could talk to them and just express and go, fuck, I'm really frustrated. And he's listening and go, yeah, bro, I hear you. And then he can tell me about how his partner is going nuts right now and she can't see all the stuff that he's doing because she's knocked into her little girl wound. And I can say, bro, I see you. I can see what you're going through and she's in a really dark place right now and so she doesn't have the capacity to see things from your perspective, but I see you and have him feel co-regulated by me and we have that and I'm like, wow, that's all that fucking matters. Who do you got around you during a crisis? And can you be there for them? And here's the delicate balance while still holding on to your boundaries, but not giving yourself away. That is the art. That's the fucking science. That's the holy grail. How do you do that? Well, by healing those old wounds, the healing, the little part of me that really needed to be seen. And so this becomes now the most important conversation that we have in, in, in our time right now. It's the most important thing. And we access that through the nervous system. This has just been my expertise. A good, a good way of understanding, and Marina, I'm going to answer the dorsal vagal question. A good way of understanding how uh, your nervous system is, is by looking at your relationships. A good understanding of where your nervous system is dysregulated is by observing your triggers. What triggers you? So you go through stress and initially you go through the fight or flight. So the top of the ladder is ventral vagal. This is where we have connection. This is where we have engagement. This is where you feel safe in your body. So each time I have these transmissions, I get you into your body. In fact, do it right now. Take a deep breath in. Opening your arms. I do this little exercise. Opening your arms, opening your heart. And when your heart is open, you're in a ventral vagal system it's kind of the safety part of your nervous system where you feel safe deep breath in <sighs> you feel safe in the nervous system and when you get triggered immediately like for example if i hear my dad raise his voice like if if i if if, if they say nima immediately my nervous system goes into sympathetic fight or flight okay but if if um, my partner says my voice, she answers the phone, hi, Nima, 
immediately I go into ventral vagal. That's how, that's how sensitive our nervous systems are. The neurobiology of we, it's called. It's the neurobiology of us. It's magical if we just learn how to master it. And so I go into, I get just by listening to my, my, my dad say my name in a certain way, boom, I go into sympathetic. Now sympathetic is the fight, the flight. It's like, it's like something and, and it's activated when you're in anxiety, where you're afraid of the future, okay? But when the system has had so much that it's beyond its capacity, you then go into the next ladder after there's ventral vagal, then there's sympathetic when you get triggered. If that's gone too far, you get into the lowest, which is called the dorsal vagal shutdown. It basically means that it's like fight or flight or freeze. It's just, it's, it's, it's like a freeze response, fawning. It's like, uh, okay. And this is unconscious. This is when you go completely unconscious. You don't even know that you're there. You're dissociated from your body. You're numbing. You're avoiding. You just kind of, okay, whatever. And you've completely detached from yourself. And there's people walking around like that constantly. They work in the systems, government systems. I watch it. I can sense your nervous system. I'm a chiropractor. I know which state you're in when you're sitting there. I put my hands on you and I can feel what state you're in. What you don't know, what I've always wanted you to know is you can have choice of where you are in that ladder. You have agency, but you must be the self-healer. You are the hero of the journey, not some fucking guru. You're the hero. You just have to find a guide to guide you as we all have in our hero's journeys. I have my mentors. Like I couldn't get here without my guides. And I couldn't have gotten here without my tests and slash enemies on the hero's journey. And they're there. You, d you have it too. The question is, are you willing to step up, take responsibility, and do the healing work? That's all that matters. It's like, but you have to get to a place where you're like, enough. Enough. Those are the people that I really look forward to helping. On, I'm leaving a, a, a link right here. I don't know if you can see it. Here, hold on one second here. There it is. I'm leaving a link right there. If you're ready, there's several of you coming. I know you've been following. Laura, I'm super duper stoked. Several of you, go ahead and sign up. It is 20. There's only a few spots left. Uh, 20 people plus my clients that are already enrolled in uh, my programs. They, they're, they're joining. It's a tribe. And what you're learning is how to co-regulate, how to master this relationship with yourself through neuroscience, through understanding the nervous system. And when you learn this, you're able to, to, to take responsibility for your triggers. All of a sudden, you become a better parent. Instead of going into the caretaking mode unconsciously, which then enables the child sometimes, you're able to take to, to hold yourself and realize you're able to take control of that trigger, let the kid go instead of over kind of like, you know, over parenting based on your own need for control, you which creates some sort of a trauma and they, they don't feel seen and they don't feel heard and they're trying to communicate to you, but they don't. And so this whole enmeshment happens all because of unresolved trauma. You learn how to actually go, oh, there I go, and what to do when that happens, when that shows up. Not if, but when.
because it's going to show up again and again and again. And instead of constantly blaming the other person, don't you, do you know that makes me mad? Don't trigger me. Don't go there because you know I can't handle it. I'm like, wait, why, why can't you go there? What's in it about me? What, what about me is so fragile that you're not able to go there and me be okay with myself? That's what you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation, becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. You're going to learn how to answer. If you're interested, this isn't for you. If you're committed to actually learning that, this is. Why is this important? Well, it's because it's not just your life at stake. The voice that you're hearing right now that's coming through me is not just my voice. It is the voice of the healing work of all of my ancestors behind me and all of their traumas and all of their great depressions and all of this, my awareness of all of that and my willingness to st put my hand up and say, enough, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take it on instead of going and perpetuating that cycle of breakdown in relationships because we don't understand each other. I have two friends of mine. I've had a strained relationship with my father, but I have two friends of mine. We grew up together. They're both doctors. The three of us and my brother, four of us are doctors, okay? All highly accomplished individuals. And um, they spent a period of time where they weren't talking to their dads, like for years. And I get why, because there's moments, because we have narcissistic fathers, Persian narcissistic fathers. It's just the way it goes, because they were not seen either. So now they're looking for external validation and recognition, not realizing there's a son that wants to be seen. They're just perpetuating the cycle until I woke up and I'm like, holy shit, I see what's happening. And now I have access to tools that can help me bridge that gap. And I have probably, a, I have a much better relationship with my dad and always work in progress than they do. They're not even speaking on speaking terms. In times like this and crisis, that becomes very apparent. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about. You know? <sighs> yeah. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Corona can't melt steam beams. That's right, Eddie. I want to acknowledge Eddie as well. Eddie, I met in October, 
October, November, when I was in Spain at one of my live trainings in Barcelona. And then I got a chance to speak to the chiropractic students. And I just, I didn't, by the way, it's like a one hour talk. I go there showing up like I always do. I don't have anything planned. I'm like, I wonder what's going to show up. And then I literally serve the moment. And that one hour turned into four. <laughs> I, have a t I have a tendency to ramble, I guess, when I have an audience that's like engaged with me. I'm like, you like this conversation? Okay, great. I'm willing to have it because it makes my heart sing. This conversation just makes my heart sing. So I love talking about this because chiropractors, if we're going to lead the charge of the wellness revolution, we have to be healed individuals. It's not going to work if you don't do your own fucking healing work. Think about this. <laughs> like it just makes sense. But they don't teach healing work in chiropractic school. They teach you how to adjust the spine, which is their responsibility. They teach you how to assess and diagnose, but they don't teach why is it that in the mind of the chiropractor, when they get out in pu public and they ask for compensation for their services, there's this guilt going on. Wait, this wounded healer thing. Well, nobody, whoa, whoa, whoa. nobody taught me that in school. Nobody explained to me. How are you going to have to, by the way, when you go out and you have a $100,000 debt and you got to go out there and help people and show up, not have any scarcity and be there and serve people and be authentic about that, and you're 25. Okay, great. How's that working for you? <laughs> it's terrible. It sucked. I had anxiety all the time. The reason why I'm teaching this to you right now is because of that experience, of what I've experienced, not from a clinical standpoint and helping people, but trying to solve these voices in my own head of those incongruencies and I found out what the cause was. It's an unhealed younger self. So there's the problem. And so when everybody's reaching out, every single, could you help me with this Dr. Nima? Like, can I talk? Can we talk? I've had a lot of trauma. Can we talk? This is what my, I just got a Facebook message yesterday. Can we talk? I've had a lot of trauma. Okay. I, I, I get that. We all have, and there is a solution. But you, but you can't be playing victim. You have to put your hand up and say, all right, I see it. All right, what do I got to do to heal myself? What do I got to do to get out of my victimhood? What do I got to do to be the change? What do I got to do to face my fears? Okay, great. Let's walk in. I'm, I'm glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. That's the work. Do you have any questions? Has this been um, relevant for you? Um, yeah, I met... Uh, I met uh, Eddie, <laughs> very productive. <laughs> yes, I met Eddie and he, I wanted to, to acknowledge you, Eddie, because you gave me the opportunity because you put up your hand. You were really struggling with something and it, we knew exactly where it came from. You didn't know, but as soon as I asked you, because he, Eddie puts up his hand and he's like, well, what if you are having problems with you know, this or that? And then I'm like, it's not about this. How old was it? And then I asked him this question. I go, it's not about that, dude. How old was it when that real thing happened? Uh, can you go back in time? And then boom, he starts crying in front of everyone. He was so vulnerable sharing. And it's like the whole room just stopped and was like, whoa. And then I saw him there and I'm like, well, we got to deal with that. And I was just about to leave. 
this is funny, just about to leave because I'd already gone on for like three or four hours. And, and now the room had like just the precious few who were just like kind of watching and listening. And then I said, um, okay, I have to leave. There's dinner. I have a dinner plans, but I can put that aside. Eddie, if you're will, I see you're going through an issue. If you're willing to let me help you solve it as a teaching moment for everybody else, would you be vulnerable to do it? And he goes, yes. So I sat him down in the hot seat like I do at the overview experience and I started peppering him and took him through an overview. I took him through and I actually had him see that when he was seven years old and his father died and he came back to school going, I just imagine this seven-year-old boy, I could see him and my heart really goes to him and I see him and he walks in going, why is the world like going like this when I've gone through this trauma and everybody like I just feel a disconnect from everyone nobody can see me nobody like nobody's experienced what I've experienced imagine a seven-year-old just having experienced that coming back to school being around a group of people where he feels like nobody gets him in other words I don't belong kind of like is this am I like do I fake myself how can I fake like like, can you see the confusion that a seven-year-old would have? And guess what feeling he feels socially throughout his life? It shows up everywhere. And so he, just last week, went all in to the next few months of healing this seven-year-old. I want you guys all to, like, give him some love right now. Give him as much love as possible because he's a student in Barcelona and they're on lockdown right now. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And they're going to chiropractic school and they're like, what the fuck is chiropractic? Like, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? Like, Spain is locked down. And give him some love right now. Give him some love to <sighs> just the strength that we're about to go on this journey together over the next several months of healing that relationship with that seven-year-old boy. I know how to do it. That's my gift. I know how to do it because I see it. My job is to help him see it. And I kind of, when he reached out to me and he was ready to go for it, I was like, okay. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go further with you. I'm going to invest myself in you because I believe in you because I know that you're a student right now. In 10 years time, you're going to be leading and I'm going to be coming on stage with you, giving you a hug saying, do you remember that time? So I created a vision for him. I'm like, let's do this, buddy. It's like, come on down. Let's do it. So he's going to be there on Saturday in the workshop. And Kelly, I see you as well. You're going to be there. I'm really excited to have you there. Um, mad love to Eddie for healing yourself. You're amazing. You're a fire. Caroline, you're going to meet Eddie on Saturday in the group call. Like this is the beauty of it. Why is this important? Because we only heal in community. We have a circle. This is like the ancient, this is, we gotta go back to our roots. We gotta go back to what's real. Like in the native traditions, we had circles and then we ha heard stories and then everyone felt heard and seen. It's like we, we're literally, all the bullshit is falling away and we're going back to that. You know what I mean? We're going back to that. You know, what's real and so, you know, I didn't ever imagine myself to be an elder, but now that I look at all the uh, the gray hairs and I have a kid on the way, I'm like, fuck, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I've been doing it this way. It's like now more than ever, it's time to step up and just kind of like teach people how to become their own heroes 
in their own journeys and that makes my heart sing it's what i love doing more than anything ah, big love to you guys so kelly eddie i have a similar story my brother died when i said yes kelly you're gonna meet eddie and kelly when you reached out to me all of those issues that when you were um when you were six when all that happened that's still trauma in your body still unaddressed and we're starting the process on saturday of unpacking that with you i can't wait i'm so grateful that you made that and when you understand yourself at the age of six and who you had to become to adapt to losing your brother you see this amazing little girl this this such a beautiful amazing little girl who had to do whatever she had to do in that time of where crisis where her parents just lost a child can you imagine what your parents must have felt you have a child imagine what that would do to you oh and that trauma of losing a child to a parent the other surviving children experience and get downloads and it these unconscious complexes follow us throughout our lives and then it's no wonder why we show up in relationships with those same fucking patterns. And then you reach out to me and say, help me with this. And I'm like, no, no, no. The only way that I can help you is, are you committed to healing yourself? Because I'm not, I'm not your hero. You're the hero. I'm the guide. Let's shift this around. Stop looking for heroes. Stop. There is no one. No one's here to save you. Sorry. I'm just newsletter. No one's here to rescue you. The government doesn't give a fuck. Nobody does, except what's real. The people whose lives you've been able to impact, who are looking to you and are wanting to check in on you because of what you've been for them. That's all that fucking matters. That's it. Everything else is falling away. Everything else is falling away. So how do we make sure that in times of crisis that we love the people that we're around? We're like, all right, we're linking arms. We're ready. I love you. I see you. I know it's tough, but you're good. We're good. How do you get there? By first healing yourself instead of thinking that other people should do that for you and support me. You should heal yourself and then create a universe around you where you feel safe and supported because you've created that safety. You're not delegating that work to somebody else. Does this make sense? The circle represents the principle of what? Yes, absolutely. Must be concerned with the well-being of one another. Exactly. Beautiful. No one else can really struggle or resonate, especially at such a young age. Eddie and Kelly, you guys are going to meet on Saturday. And when you talk to each other, see what's happening, Eddie? Look at this. I just want to show you what the healing is. This is the work. This is the fucking medicine. This conversation itself is your medicine. Because, Eddie, when you share that with Kelly, Kelly sees you. You see her. Boom. All of a sudden, you're both co-regulating in your nervous systems. You've both now participated in the healing together. We heal in community. Welcome to the game. I'm so grateful to have this community already. It's free. This is your little taste of what's to come if you actually are ready to go into the portal. There's a portal. Take the red pill. You're going to jump into a new world. Here it is. I'm your Middle Eastern Morpheus. 
as I've had before with people. I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared of the investment. Don't worry. You'll fucking survive. I promise you. Not one person has died as, as a result of investing in themselves. And they've all survived not, and they've thrived. They've looked back and gone, fuck, I would have done. PETA said to me, because I would have paid 10 times the amount to, to get these results. I'm like, great, because I'm not the one that does the results. Can you guarantee me? No, I'm your guide, dude. You're the one that walks the mountain. I guarantee you that if you don't walk that mountain, you're fucked. Hoping somebody else is going to save you. But I can guarantee you if you walk with us, because I'm still walking, I'm still climbing, I'm still getting triggered, but I'm still connected to my vision, you will have a vision too. You'll have a vision that's so strong and stable. You'll have a community around you that's got your back, and they know that you have theirs. You can actually be playful during these times. Kim, I'm so grateful for Kim. She's like, we're laughing, like, hey, Oh, I need some laughs. We're just laughing, keeping our nervous systems ventrally regulated. Ventral vagal. Does that make sense? Only then did I understand. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm so glad you guys are engaging and connecting with each other. This is beautiful. Are there any questions? Do you have any questions about actually what we're doing on Saturday? Because there are 20 people. Here's what's going to happen. It's five hours long. And we're going to go through the fundamentals of what happens when you get triggered, where it comes from, why it all fell apart, and how to recognize and self-assess and get into the body and regulate. And then be able to ask yourself some very powerful questions that gets you back into your heart, back into service, being that hollow reed so that universal love, God's love can flow through you and be a contribution to others. I literally use it 20, 30, 40 times a day. Otherwise, can't do what I'm doing right now and uh, giving you these, these trainings. And I'm going to leave you right now with this one kind of uh, practice to get you back into your breath and body, taking a deep breath in, surrendering the exhale, <sighs> connecting to how safe you are in this moment. Connecting to what's most important. Who are you doing this for? Who, who, the names. Look at the names and the faces of the people that you're doing this for. Eddie, you're going to do this for your future patients and your future audiences and the people who've dealt with grief in your past. I already know this is where you're going. I could see you. Mm. Who are you doing this for? If you're in... This is a really great vision. I'm always big into vision. During these difficult times, consistently you're going to go back to this vision. Kelly, uh, Kelly, I had the opportunity to speak to you and your husband uh, yesterday. It was a really rough, uh, challenging call, but he was in a dark place. And the thing that I did to uh, to, to, to help him calm, I, I got him, I got him anchored to this one vision. And this was the vision that I had. This is what I, um, the vision that I um, give the people that I'm helping, especially couples who are going in crisis. I say, okay, so here's the deal. Regardless of what happens here, to stay, go, separate, you're going to be at the head table of your daughter's wedding. Let's go into that vision. It's all about vision. What do I do? Go back to your vision. What's the vision? Ah, being at the daughter's being at my daughter's uh, wedding at the head table 
and what kind of a what kind of a uh, experience are you helping foster and create for them? Because I've talked to some people, one of my friends is like, I'm never getting married. I'm never having a wedding. Why? Because I do not want to see my mom and dad in the same room. I can't stand, ugh. she was like, fuck it, I'd rather elope. And so she tells her mother that, and her mother, instead of going, like, this is the typical narcissistic parent, this is what will happen. Mother, instead of the mother's um, empathetic response, my gosh, what has, I, I'm sorry that you're having that experience. How can we create an environment where we can all have the wedding and you can feel comfortable? That would be the empathetic response. The mother was like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. You're not, you're robbing me of an opportunity to, 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 have, to be the mother of the bride. And it's, it's like, she just turned around and made it about her. Because, and it's not because she's a narcissistic parent, it's because she has trauma that she hasn't healed from, which causes her to act in unconscious ways. And so that's the impact. And so if when I'm talking to a couple that are in a distress, I'm like, let's, let's create a vision for you. Who do you want to be at your daughter's wedding at the head table with this guy that you fucking want to kill right now or this woman? Because it's happening regardless. And then you see them go... You see them like, you see their physiology. This is my wounded state. I re revert back to my five-year-old. <laughs> That's right. It's two little children arguing with one another, triggered because of your old wounding and you're unconscious of it. Makes sense. But you have an opportunity to actually heal it. You have an opportunity to actually transform it. Why is that important? The vision. The vision of daughter's wedding. Why is it important for that vision? Because times are going to get hard on this journey, Kelly. And you're going to want to just kill each other. And stuff's going to come up and it's going to get dark if you're ready to go down this rabbit hole. You're going to start digging up shit. I moved back in with my parents after my last relationship. I was like, I'm fucking, I'm, that's it. I'm healing this. I put this place up on Airbnb and I moved back in with them at the age of 43. It was fucking trauma and I was, I hated every minute, but every trigger I got to look at and go, okay, that's an opportunity to self-love. And slowly, all of a sudden, they turned into empathetic human beings. I'm like, huh? My mom comes in one day, she's like, Nima, your father and I are going to take a course in empathy. I'm like, what? You guys don't have... You don't know what the fuck that word means. You don't get me. You don't understand. Like, you don't know how to empathize with me. You... So she comes back. It was really cute. She comes back to, um... <laughs> she comes, my mom comes back from, from the first class and goes, oh, Nima, empathy is so hard. I'm like, I know, mom. It's not something you're that great at, <laughs> which I get. It makes sense because of your, her traumas. She's not good at that. She doesn't get empathy because it's all like any feedback that I give her mom, please. She's, she looks at it. No, no, I don't ever do that. That goes right into ego, which is the nar the, our narcissistic nature, which we all have. But she just can't accept any feedback because it's an attack on her identity. It takes takes fucking guts to do this work. That's not for everybody. So she's like, empathy is hard. You have to say, it must feel like. And I'm like, 
mom, do you realize I'm 43 and I've never heard you say those words? Nima, it must feel like you've never actually been concerned with what it feels like for me. It's interesting. And so as a function of me taking on the healing work, wishing to be seen and heard, finally giving up the expectation that they're going to do it for me and finally get me, they turn around and they are like, they do, they're starting to do their own healing work. They're starting to take the responsibility. They're like, at the age of 70, which I highly like, I want to give them mad props for, in their 70s, who in their 70s does this? In your 70s, you're like, fixed mindset. It's This is the way it is, especially a fucking engineer father from Iran who his mother died when he was 14. Mother died suddenly. He's 14 years old. Suddenly, mom dies, and now disconnects from his body so he doesn't have connection with his emotions or intimacy doesn't have an ability to know what the fuck that is and and so then now they're actually messaging me things like it must feel so good like I really feel like they're like wow as you take on this work a rising tide lifts all boats now I have them probably the most, and it's a work in progress, probably the most understanding relationship with my parents that I've ever had. And now during this crisis time, it's exposing the fact that I have them rather than exposing the fact that they're not, you know, I, I don't, and that would feel very lonely. You know what I mean? Especially when I'm quarantined by myself and I'm able to have the resources to come and to, to, to share these tools with you. Yeah, you're never too old to learn. Exactly. <laughs> Caroline, you know, you know, Caroline knows my mom. <laughs> That's the thing. Caroline knows my mom. <laughs> and this, you have a Persian mom as well. It's the same fucking thing. Persian moms. Persian moms in the house. Whoa. God love them. So I just want to commend you for being here. And I want you to just give your moment to give a moment and just congratulate yourself for being here because you could be scrolling through social media at this moment, paying attention to things that cause your body and your mind to start to unravel and lose your vision. But you're taking the time to be in this space, this sphere, this kind of magical space and circle that I've created, which I'm protecting the energy of consistently working on me, protecting my energy so that I can make sure to create a circle so that you can be in, immersed in an energetic conversation that allows you to be focused on your vision, that allows you to be focused on your possibility, that allows you to be focused on your why, the children that are around you that are looking to you, or in Eddie's case, you're 25, so you don't really have children that you know of. Hey, I mean, you never know, right? Hey, you know what I'm saying? Um, but <laughs> no judgment, but your future clients, Eddie, the people who are going to, I want your vision to be on them. Eddie, here's what you're going to do. Cause Eddie is my kind of VIP client that I'm taking along. Eddie, what you're going to do, and I'm going to give this to you as well as you're listening is I want you to envision right now getting the hugs from your future clients who you've been able to help them heal from their grief and regulate in their nervous system. Can you actually envision that and feel that as a sensation? I'm encouraging you listening 
to create your own one there that you can get your senses into. Kelly, because we're going to be working together, can you imagine a, a feeling of you embracing your husband and having him go, I've never felt closer to you than ever? Can you hold that vision? That's a good one. Or you being able to hold the vision of you looking in a mirror going, fuck, I get you, I understand you, I love you, I see you. Can you do that? That's the vision that I'm going to encourage you to get connected to. It's very healing. It's a very healing vision. And it allows you to get through the noise that's going on with a lot more uh, resilience because we need that right now. Stay connected. I'm going to see you tonight at 7 p.m. our time, 10 p.m. Thank you. If there are any questions, please definitely, Madeline, go back and watch uh, this, this, if you jumping on right now, you got to go back and watch. You can't miss it. And, uh, we'll see you guys later tonight. Thank you for being here. Big love to you. Thanks for tuning in.